Hello and welcome to the Dorm Room Pursuit Podcast. I'm Mitchell Kaminsky. Football season right around the corner, but it's Tom Brady, who's not even playing right now, who's stealing all the headlines. Also, Kevin Durant says he wants his coach and general manager fired, but does he really? And the White Sox, they're in trouble. All that and more. Let's get into it. As I mentioned, football season is right around the corner. One more uh, preseason game left, and then uh, we got NFL action week one coming September 11th uh, for the majority of these teams. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be facing the Dallas Cowboys, but the big story, especially surrounding the Buccaneers, is Tom Brady, and he hasn't even been there. Uh, rumors swirling. Tom Brady, he left for a couple weeks. No one really knew why. And uh, a lot of people said it was because he was leaving for the mass singer. You heard that correctly. Um, speculation growing because the mass singer, their schedule for recording episodes happened to be right around the time Tom Brady left. Tom Brady did sign a deal to join Fox as a broadcaster after he retired. Guess what network the mass singer airs on Fox. Also part of it is being a contestant. You're not allowed to tell anyone. Tom Brady said before he left that he uh, cleared it with the team. Beforehand, he, he said he's going to have a prior obligation. Todd Bulls, head coach, isn't saying anything. He's not saying anything. Also, former teammate Rob Gronkowski, he was on the show. Same with Antonio Brown. He was also on the show. Got eliminated round one. Wonder why. If you heard his album, No More White Woman, that comes as no surprise. But, um, yeah, so that was a big rumor. Oh, I think it happened. Absolutely not. He's, he's not turning the mass singer. Um, and he's back with the team now. I mean, look, Tom Brady's earned this point in his career the right to take a couple weeks off training camp. I don't think any teammates are going to have an issue with it at, at this point either. I mean, he's earned all the, I mean, if you don't respect him at, at this point, then that, that's on you. Uh, he, he's earned all the respect of all of those guys in the locker room. But here was the major story for Tom Brady. I mean, besides that one this week, just yesterday, uh, UFC fight, the Nigerian nightmare goes down. And honestly, one of the biggest upsets probably in, uh, UFC history, the history of the sport. That was probably the biggest upset we have ever seen. But the headline, especially coming out of the NFL world, Rob Gronkowski was hosting his own little broadcast. Of course, he had Dana White on there. And Dana White had this to say. It's very interesting. I'm the one. I, I, I worked to put that deal together for Brady and Gronk to come to the Raiders. And it was almost a done deal. And at the last minute, Gruden blew the deal up and said that he didn't want him. And Whoa. all hell broke loose, man. It was crazy. And, and and Brady was already looking at houses, and it wasn't being said yet that Gronk was coming. So Las Vegas would have had Brady and Gronk the year that the Bucks won the Super Bowl, except Gruden blew the deal up. And there's so much story that goes along with this behind the scenes. And I... I, I, I was never going to tell that story till Gronk just said it, but uh, and, yeah. Essentially, he's saying Tom Brady it was all about a done deal. He was going to come to Vegas uh, and be a Raider before John Gruden, you know, pumped the brakes a little bit. Like we got Derek Carr, we don't need him. Let me tell you something. I think John Gruden did Tom Brady a huge favor without trying to, because <laughs> what it sounds like Tom Brady was going to be there. Rob Gronkowski backed up the story right after Dana White said this. 
Uh, apparently, he was looking for a house there. And this is a rumor that came out around the time. You, you go back two years ago, and this is definitely a rumor that was circulating. Tom Brady brought a mansion down there. A lot of people thought he was going to go to Vegas. This would have been a huge mistake for Tom Brady. I, I think we'd be looking at Tom Brady's legacy a little bit different. Than, I mean, still be the GOAT either way, even without that Super Bowl in Tampa. But let's take a look at how his career would change if he were to go to Vegas. Because if he went to Vegas, a couple weeks left, one, it would be a rebuilding team. Be facing Patrick Mahomes in that division twice a year. That's not fun. So you're going from a relatively weak NL East right now to uh, what would be pretty tough um, division. You're facing Patrick Mahomes twice a year. Now look at it now. Uh, you got Russell Wilson in there too. So be uphill sledding once again. Well, meanwhile, who's Tom Brady or who Tom Brady has to play and, and the NFC South? I mean, it's New Orleans who's in a rebuilding mode. Atlanta who's terrible. Uh, Carolina, the quarterback country, they just named Baker Mayfield the starter. Good luck with that. Uh, so, hey, he's kind of got a cakewalk to a division title this year. I know he's got some offensive line missing, but that would help. I mean, you're in that division this year, and you got to face Patrick Holmes twice once again. You can face him Russell Wilson twice. Yeah, no, count me out uh, of that one, Chief. But so that would be number one, tougher division. And he, even then, like I said, it, it would still be tough. I wouldn't want to. Re- I, I still think Kansas City would beat the Raiders that in rebuilding roster. Number two, John Gruden. You would have had it would have been a circus there. He would have been fired a couple years into it. So Tom Brady would have had no head coach. He would have had an interim head coach who's a special teams coordinator. And that's not going to mix well with Tom Brady. I mean, he, Tom Brady like kind of likes things buttoned up. You know, he's, he seems like this nice guy and this kind of like dork in front of the camera. Behind the scenes, he, he's a cold blooded operator. He got Bruce Arians fired. And let's be blunt about it. He, he was planning to go to Miami while he was still in New England. He doesn't like the things the way the way things are running. So, uh, you know, an interim head coach probably would have been a problem. Henry Ruggs, also, he had his whole incident. Uh, he tragically hit a lady speeding, and he, he ended up in jail. So he would have lost his best beat threat right there. Uh, the whole thing would have been a circus. So <laughs> between the John Gruden thing, Henry Ruggs thing, Tom Brady, I mean, that's a lot of outside noise, and I don't think he could have even overcome it. I mean, the Raiders were, were lucky to make the playoffs last year despite all of that which i think was one of the better stories of the year but even tom brady if he's with that roster i, I don't they're not they're not winning the, they're not winning the super bowl there uh and the year before like i said it was a, even without all, all of that distraction totally rebuilding roster tougher division tom brady kind of john gruden helped him out by defending Derek carter <laughs> i don't think he was trying to help him out. i mean he definitely was trying to help him out uh but uh tom brady dodged a bullet and he went to that plethora of weapons down in tampa bay so Safe to say, things worked out well for him. Moving to this, the Cleveland Browns might be the worst-run organization in the NFL. They probably are. They've completely botched the whole Deshaun Watson thing. You look at it, I mean, the most recent team to go a season without getting a win. They were winless 0-16 one year, and then they brought back the head coach the next year. They hired Freddie Kitchens, who was quarterback coach, and never called play before. They make him the head coach. Predictably, didn't go well. Now, in the Super Bowl window, they panicked. They completely overpaid for Deshaun Watson. And this makes a, this is why this comes up here because Lamar Jackson, he wants a new contract. Uh, and he wants to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And he wants all guaranteed money because that's what Deshaun Watson got. The Browns are a bunch of idiots. First off, they gave all the guaranteed money to a guy they knew probably wasn't going to be able to play. They have all that baggage. And like morally, I know the NFL is not known for their morals, uh, but 
you morally got to come into question when you have a guy that has that was classified as a serial predator and i mean even before he was classified as that he had 22 seals i mean where there's smoke there's fire well let's let's be blunt here he was whipping his dick out in front of the massage therapist i mean multiple times making a lot of women uncomfortable i mean I wouldn't want to touch that, especially the quarterback, the leader of your team, supposed to be setting the example. you got 10 other guys looking at you in the huddle. You're supposed to be an adult, and you're doing that. I mean, clearly some questionable questionable decision-making there from the guy that's going to be your highest-paid player. You're mortgaging all your chips. You're getting rid of your former first-round pick, first overall pick in Baker Mayfield, uh, and you're giving them all guaranteed money. So if I'm the Ravens, first off, with this, with this contract, I'm not giving Lamar a guaranteed contract just because the worst run team in the NFL is, you know, trying to reset the quarterback market. Like they don't reset the market just because they want to run things poorly. Baltimore's a lot smarter than that. I mean, that's that, that should not set the standard. You see a lot of these times, like quarterbacks get this big deal, reset the market. The Deshaun Watson deal is not the deal that should be set in the market anytime soon. So that's number one. I mean, why the Ravens, I, I think, as good as Lamar Jackson is, and believe me, Lamar Jackson deserves to be paid <laughs> over Deshaun Watson there. But the Ravens are going to give out, you know, I mean, all these guaranteed and all guaranteed contract. That's a lot. And it shouldn't be using the Cleveland Browns as a standard because they've shown they're a terribly run organization. Also, if we're going back to that Deshaun Watson thing, how stupid do you have to be to push? Like, they basically admitted the guy, if you're trying to fight that case, they basically helped admit that he was guilty. Because they backloaded that contract and barely had any money in the front because they knew he was going to get suspended. Even they knew that the man was probably guilty, which is why they did that. And they knew he was going to get suspended. Even if they didn't think he was guilty, they knew he was probably getting suspended. I mean, they're not that stupid. They are stupid. But I think even the Cleveland Browns now, like, hey, you know, this guy probably did something. But, uh, you know, boys will be boys if they're throwing for 4,000 yards a season. Am I right? <laughs> but hey, oh, Cleveland Brown fans, too. I mean, is there more? Disp- I, I am rooting against that team. So I used to like Cleveland. You know, you watch that 30 for 30 Believeland documentary, and it's like, all right, you know, I almost feel bad for these guys. Uh, actually, I don't like Cleveland. I mean, the Bulls always play the Cavs or like rivals, but you know, you don't feel sorry for them. And now it's like, screw that, man. There's, there's a Cleveland fan. He brought this sign to the game. It, it's Ed, uh, fuck them hoes, free to Sean. Yeah, stay classy, classy there, Cleveland. But uh, yeah, that's a tough look, tough look. Also, if you're in the NFL too, I mean, we're talking about butchering stuff. The Deshaun Watson case. I mean, a lot's been said about it. Deshaun Watson. I actually think was very lucky to get the eleven games because everyone thought it was going to be the full season. I mean, that's why his contract was structured the way it was. And a lot of people thought it was going to be the full season. Uh, and, and the NFL had the they could have given him the full season. The fact that he only got eleven games, I think, is kind of a victory for him. Um, now, if I was Cleveland, you have this roster, Super Bowl-ready roster, I would go and inquire Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, Jimmy G, a lot of people disrespect him. He's pretty good. And now you look at the 49ers right now, Trey Lance is having a lot of accuracy problems in training camp. You know, some days he looks great. Other days, he, Monday, apparently, it was ugly. He's overthrowing receivers. It was not good. Uh, so, you know. People crap on Jimmy Garoppolo. I remember talking to someone at that Super Bowl. They had a Super Bowl fest out in L.A. And when I was out there, I, I attended. And it was like, oh, we can't stand Jimmy G. We're going to be so happy to get rid of him. I mean, man, just took you to the NFC Championship. He's taking you to two NFC Championship games. There's one. You can win games with Jimmy G. 
But since they're trying to get rid of him, Browns, I mean, I would start him over Jacoby Brissett. We know Jacoby Brissett is at this point. He's sufficient for a couple games, but when defenses get tape on him, he's got full, a long season stretch. You're winning, I think, even with that roster, they're, they're going to win seven games, baby. Although in an 11 game, so he's going to be playing 11. That, that's a five win team. That, they'll win five games, Jacoby Brissett, give or take. Put the line five and a half. So five to six games, they win. I mean, which is okay. But they're going to lose more than they win. You, you get Jimmy Garoppolo in there all of a sudden. I think they win seven, eight of those 11 instead of five or six. Difference in a division. I, I think that's worth looking into. But the Browns, not a well organization. So we know that's probably not going to happen. Kevin Rant came out and said he wants the coach, Steve Nash, and the general manager fired. Um, I don't actually think he does one. He came out with this. That's a pretty full statement. And so, obviously, with Kevin Durant, you know, there's always a lot of drama around him. I think, if we're being honest here, like leaving Oklahoma City, I can understand. You play with Russell Westbrook that long, where the Oklahoma media was uh, – uh, enabling him for all those years. It's the fourth quarter and big games. They're up 3-2 in the series, and Westbrook's taking all the shots. Durant clearly should have been the closer down there. So I can get why he was frustrated and wanted to leave. Everyone was ragging on him after they blew that 3-1 lead to the Warriors. Ooh, but 73 win team. I mean, I, I, I get why it looked like a soft move. Um, it, it came I mean, I get why going to Golden State seemed like a soft move. But, like, I understood wanting to leave and play with a functional organization for the first time in his career. And we saw where Westbrook's gone every year since. What a disaster. Houston, train wreck. Quickly got rid of him. Washington experiment lasted one year. L.A., we saw what that was. It's probably been worse since at all. They're still actively trying to trade him. He can't stick anywhere since leaving OKC. So like, I can understand why Durant wanted to divorce from him. He had it really good in Golden State. And everyone hated him because they were winning. Like I was actively rooting against him. Everyone was. And sure, it looks soft. But Durant, we know him. Single guy's coming home on his phone, burner every day. He, he, I mean, the man created a burner. Kevin Durant he is above having a burner account, but he, we know he reads social media. See all these people calling him a snake and being soft, and those titles on the count as half. Of course, he's gonna want to leave. So I, I think he's a victim of that, and he's trying to like chase his legacy. But the man clearly made a mistake going to Brooklyn, and now he's having to live with that mistake because he signed the extension. So I have no sympathy for him. I hope he doesn't get traded because he signed that contract. He's stuck there. Brooklyn, you saw what Rudy Gobert got for their haul. Durant's worth double what Rudy Gobert is. But Minnesota overpaid for him so much. We're talking about teams that, like, set the market, like with Deshaun Watson earlier uh, with that contract. It's the same thing with Rudy Gobert. Like, that sets the market. So you got to get at least that plus more. So it's multiple first-round picks and young, ready talent. Not a whole lot of teams, especially contending teams. Are you really going to give up all that? Like, if I'm the Suns right now, and I heard Shams tweet, there's a bit of a market farm, like the Grizzlies were in on him, the Sixers, the Suns. But uh, you're trading up basically to get him. You're going to have to trade all of your core and then your future. And then where are you going to be stuck with? You're just going to be stuck with a middling roster with Kevin Durant. Does it really make you all that much better, especially if you have a lot of depth? Kevin Durant's one of the best players in the NBA right now, but that's a risk. I don't know if I'm willing to take. And I think we've seen it because the I mean, kind of a whole lot of teams. It doesn't realistically, it doesn't seem like a whole lot of teams can reasonably afford it for the, the price it's going to cost, and to keep a roster intact is still going to win. 
I mean, it doesn't make much sense. Hey, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, you have no obligation to trade him. He's got five years. Kevin Durant has no leverage in this situation. And I think he realizes this. And I think he's getting worried that he hasn't been traded yet. Season's approaching. So he's coming out and saying, I want the coach fired. And not only that, I want the general manager fired too. That's a big deal. Jordan got the label as a coach killer because a couple of coaches before Phil Jackson got brought in, you know, Collins gets fired, Doug, Doug Collins gets fired. And, and, you know, all of a sudden, oh, coach killer. It's a big deal. Uh, Van Gundy got fired because of Dwight Howard. They still hold that against him. He came out, he came out and said, it's coach killing label, get your coach fired. That stays with you. Like, that's a big deal. We look back at players in history, and you, you remember that. That sticks with you. You get in the coach fired being a coach killer. Not the greatest label to have. He went one step further and wanted the general manager fired. I don't think he actually has anything against Steve Nash. I don't think he has anything against, I mean, the general manager probably, because he wants to get traded and hasn't gotten traded yet, but he's trying to make the situation so untenable that he cannot show up to camp and work with Steve Nash because he just said he wanted to get the man fired, but they have to trade him. I think he's trying to force their hand. Do I think he actually wants to fire? No, I don't think he wants to fire. He really, really wanted him fired. What he would have done is said, before he came out with that trade request, look, can't work with Steve Nash. I want him gone. I'm going to come out and request a trade. And the Nets would have fired him immediately. He doesn't actually want to fire. He just wants to fire. And he realizes all of a sudden, oof, it's not looking too good right now. Not as many teams as I thought. Season's coming up pretty soon. How do we speed things up, make the situation awkward? That is how we do it. We're going to with this. White Sox. White Sox are the most underachieving team in baseball right now. It's been rough. As you can see, uh, behind me, I am a diehard Sox fan. Been covering the team for sports mockery for better part of two seasons. This is second full season now. This is one of the worst years I can remember as a White Sox fan. Just so frustrating. Coming into the season with such high expectations and to fall this flat in a division that is bad. They lost to the Kansas City Royals today. Kansas City comes in with the 26-ranked pitching staff in the MLB. That's not too good. And the White Sox now have lost 7 of 10 games they played against them. They have to sweep them in the final season of the series of the year. They won't have a winning record against the Royals. It's not good. It's not good. There's a lot of blame to go around to a lot of different people. Biggest blame right now falls in the roster's construction. And I know, that's shocking. Tony LaRusse has been a clown. He's falling asleep in the dugout. He got a rule last year. Leaving Kopech in today. The one-two uh, intentional walks with a one-two count. Uh, the batting Andrew Vaughn nine. Leading off Leori Garcia. Batting Leori Garcia cleanup in some games. There's been a lot of head scratching moments. The 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 whole Yerman Mercedes incident last year. I mean, the list can go on. If and when he ever does retire or get fired, which he's not going to get fired, I don't think at this point. I think because him and Jerry are all buddy buddy. He's not leaving until he says like, "Okay, I'm done." And Jerry Ryan sort of like, "Oh, we mutually agreed to part ways." Um, that's been bad. There's been a long line. Of incidents with Tony Larusa. He's not going anywhere. And despite all that, despite all the bumbling from Tony, he doesn't deserve a lion's share to bring either. I know a lot of White Sox fans want to point at Frank Manichino, who famously came out and said, Oh, fuck the home run. Let's hit 300. 
The White Sox have 70% of their hits over are, are singles. I think they lead the league in singles at this point. They had 14 hits the other day, lost the game because they're all trying to – the White Sox, their offense is like watching someone in a fight try and kill their opponent by bleeding him to death with paper cuts. I mean, it's not going to work. Today's, today's, today's game is about hitting home runs. Teams that lead the league in home runs generally are pretty high up in the standings. Last season, guess who led the league in home run? Atlanta Braves won the World Series. This year, Yankees leading the league in home runs. Now, they're not playing so well right now. I think they're in trouble. We'll get into that a little bit later. But first place by a lot. I mean, the first half of the season, they, they were dominant. That's because they were launching home runs. So Frank Manikinus looks over the, a little bit of the blame, too. But he, he's not the main guy that deserves blame. The main blame falls in the hands of Rick Hahn. Take the roster construction here. Has been an issue. You, you got first baseman in the outfield, DH in the outfield, and a contending team, Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn should not be playing defense in the corner outfield. They can be on a roster. Andrew Vaughn's a stud. He's a very good player. Hey, Gavin Sheets is son. He's valuable too. They should not be in the outfield anywhere. Anywhere. And you know, the pitching staff was okay. You know, it's pretty solid, I guess. I mean, they couldn't control that Garrett Crochet was going to get Garrett Crochet was going to get hurt or Aaron Bummer, but the roster is really bad. And this off the off season, they failed to make a big splashy move. There was a lot of valuable free agents. Kyle Schwarber would have been a great addition to the team. I still contend Nick Castellanos would have been a good addition. They needed they needed a second baseman and a right fielder. They didn't really address either of them. I mean, they got AJ Pollock, who you know was like an okay move at the time. It just hasn't really panned out. For them, but like they, they had a lot of big name free agents out there, didn't hit on any of them, which seems to be the White Sox way. And even more frustrating, trade deadline didn't make a move. They had the resources to do so. And, I mean, he had the okay, and I get the farm system is a little weak, but there are still some pieces there that you could have put together a trade package for someone, and they didn't. In a window, they only got a couple more years of this window. You know, Dylan Cease is having a Cy Young season. You know, you think that's going to happen every year? Jose Braves getting old. You have to resign him. Hey, you got to take advantage of it. They got a very little depth at a lot of positions, which we see now because a lot of guys are getting hurt, so they're having to pull Elvis Andrews off the scrap heap. They got really lucky with Johnny Cueto too. I mean, no one thought he'd be this good. Roster construction. Rick Hahn deserves the lion's share of the blame for this debacle. End of story. Tony's getting all the heat. Kind of been like the flak jack. He's getting all the shrap, which he deserves his fair share. He sucks. He needs to go too. Tony Larusa should be fired. Rick Hahn deserves more blame than Tony. Tony can only do so much. Tony's not playing the games. You know, he's not being afforded a whole lot. Timmy Anderson goes down. You got Lenny Sosa out there, and now you got to bring. And now Elvis Andrews has been okay, but like, ugh. When you got all these big name free agents out there, you gotta sign some of them. Why do you think the Dodgers are so good every year? Why do you think the Yankees are so good every year? They sign big name play. You gotta spend money. The Mets, they're out spending all this money. The Padres don't have like a have world beating farm systems. You see all the guys they added. Tell me, we could have made a package for Juan Soto. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate. Finally, well, with this, the Yankees are in trouble. I I really don't like that pitching staff. Traded away Montgomery. Nestor Cortez has kind of come back down to earth. Garrett Cole looks pretty pedestrian his last couple starts. They're in trouble. 
all of a sudden you, you're missing Stanton. He, he's hurt. I mean, you got Judge, but the rest of that lineup, occasionally LeMahieu, oof, they're in trouble. Astros, they're winning the American League. You heard it here first. Actually, we're going to end with this. Final thoughts here. I'm watching a lot of the Chiefs this preseason. One of the first Bears preseason game against the Chiefs. Bears won. Some encouraging sense. Really who I was impressed with. Starting all the starters played one tribe. And I get it's the Bears defense. I get it's preseason. You don't want to overreact. Patrick Mahomes, methodical. Boom, 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 touchdown out of the game. That's all they needed to see. Next game, week two, played a couple more drives. Boom, 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 touchdown. Boom, 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 touchdown. I think this offense is going to take a step back just because Tyree Kill's gone. Now, all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes has some motivation because a lot of his career, yeah, he's great, but Tyree Kill, he's got all these weapons. Now he loses one of his weapons. Guess what? He's thrown completed passes to 17 different receivers this preseason. And what, three drives? This man's motivated. He's going to be dangerous. The Chiefs, it's their division. They've been the AFC championship game past two years now. Three years. Hosted it in the last two. Maybe three. If I can have my hands. The road to the eight Super Bowl, it's, it still runs through Kansas City. I think they still win that division. I'm going to go even bolder. I really like the Raiders roster construction. Devontae Adams, big addition. For Derek Carr, we saw the, all the dysfunction they had last year. All the stuff Derek Carr had to overcome. They still made the playoffs. That's a testament to Derek Carr. Derek Carr is not a bad quarterback. I think he's a very underrated quarterback. He's got weapons now. Waller, stud. He's still got a great running back. He had Devontae Adams. Got an offensive-minded head coach. They added some pass rush, too. I think they finished second in that division. That's right. Denver Broncos, who I still think make the playoffs. I think they make the playoffs. That's such a good division. Three teams making the playoffs, especially with the NFL, how they stand in the postseason. Uh, but, you know, Cortland Sutton and Russell Wilson, yeah, you know, it's good. Raiders, Chiefs, they're finishing ahead of the Broncos in that division. There's my hot take for the day. Thank you so much for listening. I am Mitchell Kaminsky. Uh, if you enjoyed watching the uh, watching, the, if you're watching on YouTube, listening at home, make sure you follow us on YouTube. Uh, Dormant Speed on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you didn't like it, still subscribe. You can leave a comment telling us you didn't like it, but just subscribe anyway, because then you can tune in every week, and make fun of us. And if you enjoyed it, we really appreciate it. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter at Dorm Room Dispute. Get the latest episode drops. See us on Spotify as well, and you know. Our, uh, our slow-witted opinions. You can also follow all the great content on Belly Up Sports as well. We treat a lot of that too. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week.